to the silence that allows for my mind to run around with my ear up to the ground. I'm searching to behold the stories that I told when my back is to the world. I'm smiling when I turn. It's time for your wild minute. This is Troy. Wild had a, uh, another off day today. They did practice this morning. Before tomorrow night, they host Bruce Boudreaux and the Vancouver Canucks. Thursday night, game five of the franchise-long nine-game homestand. Wild are 3-1 and one so far. We'll talk plenty about lines tomorrow in our pregame podcast, but a couple of quick notes from practice this morning first. Jacob Middleton, the Sharks defenseman that the Wild traded for a couple days ago, was on the top D pairing this morning with the captain. So expect to see Spurgeon and Middleton on that top D pairing tomorrow night. Goose dropped to the third pairing with John Merrill. And of course that leaves Dumba and Brodeen in that second spot as expected. So what that means, Kulikov's the odd man out. He turns into the seven defenseman, makes the trip up to the press box as a healthy scratch, and can sit next to Ben, who's been a healthy scratch for almost a month. Also, uh, (laughs) Marc-Andre Fleury was nowhere to be found today, not at practice this morning. That was expected. He flew home after Monday night's game. He packed. He got ready for his move. He's flying home tonight to St. Paul to start his new career with the Wild. So what that meant, according to Coach Evason, was Cam Talbot will be in net tomorrow night against Vancouver. Fleury will make his debut in a Wild uniform Saturday night when the Wild hosts Columbus. And then we'd expect to see Talbot Sunday against Colorado in the second half of that back-to-back. So again, Talbot tomorrow night in net. Fleury his debut on Saturday. And then for the big game against Colorado, Talbot will be back in net. Now, we've, we've talked a lot about the trades that Billy J. G. made earlier this week, but after a little more thought and examination and plenty of reviews from Wild Beat writers and talking heads, it looks like the February-March slide where the Wild lost 9 of 13 games sounded a huge alarm for the Wild Brass. During the Wild swoon, Billy, Dean, no doubt the scouts as well, they noticed the team lacked punch. The Wild lacked size. They seemed lethargic, where they were high-flying at one point. That was gone. They lacked the team energy, and teams were beating them up. Winnipeg beat them up twice in one, one week. Calgary beat them up twice in one week. Nashville looked outstanding against them when that's in that dreadful 6-2 loss a couple Sunday nights ago. What Billy saw was what many fans of the Wild have seen for the past decade too often in the spring. And and we've seen this movie before, and the ending is disastrous, and it's usually a first-round playoff exit. And it looked like, quite frankly, after that 13-game swing, it looked like the team was heading that same direction. They were a shell of their former self earlier this year. Now, in recent Wild playoff history, the top offensive players, whether it was Jason Zucker or a few years ago, Parisi, all those types of players, Granny, they always disappeared. And it wasn't necessarily their fault. It was the system. It was the team's size. It was how they were built. But once the playoffs start, the game slows down. The wild forwards would get bottled up, and more often than not, it'd be a first-round exit. So what Billy did was very astute moves. He gave up very few assets. I mean, think about it. They got rid of Rask. They gave up one second-round pick, a third-round pick, 
uh, and a couple of other pieces. They, they, they gave up Capo. They gave up, uh, as we know, Nico Sturm, who's a good player, but he's a fourth liner. But what Billy did was not just add some rental players. He transformed the team. They added size. They added grit. They added sandpaper. All of this within an overnight trade spree that transformed the high-flying skating team to a more structured team that one night or one series can muck it up with anyone, and then a next night or another series play the speed game and let's unleash Kaprizov, let's unleash Zuccarello. Now, to be clear, just because they get a fourth-line wing like Delorier and a big 6'2", 220-pound defenseman like Jacob Middleton, it doesn't mean we're slowing our whole game down. That not Not at all. But what it means is the Wild can go either way depending on what type of team they're playing. And here's a real key thing that, that really hasn't been talked about. The trades that Billy G made didn't just tweak the team's identity, but they instantly provide on-ice protection for the big Wild offensive assets, the core, Kaprizov, Boldy, Zuccarello, Fiala, and eventually Marco Rossi. Those players, for them to succeed, there have to be players like Delorier, Middleton, Felino, Dumba to make sure there's that balance out there. So, so just remember that Boston game three, four months ago where they just carte blanche took runs at Kaprizov. They knocked him out of the game. They beat up the Wild. Somehow the Wild came out of that with a win. But that's not going to happen anymore. And Billy G, like I said, deserves a lot of credit for transforming the team and changing the identity. And the Wild Minute thinks they could go a ways in the playoffs. Well, remember, this is the Wild Minute, so go to Spotify to, to, to download, to upload, to listen, like, love, follow, share, upload. Tell your friends. Do whatever it takes to make sure you're listening daily to the Wild Minute. If you have a question, email me at wildminutetroy at gmail.com, and we'll answer it in our next podcast. Tomorrow, we're going to have a pregame and a post game, and in between, we'll sandwich that around a hopefully a big wild win against Bruce Boudreaux and the Vancouver Canucks. More on that later. This has been your Wild Minute, and we'll talk to you tomorrow.